Welcome back, guys. Welcome to South of Scruffy Podcast. This is Ben Fields. I am your host. Thank you guys so much for listening. The first episode uh, just came out last Monday, and Matt Honkinen was my guest, and you guys came out and listened, man. There were hundreds of downloads, and people are actually listening to this thing, which is super cool and super... I'm grateful that you guys would do that and take your time to do it. And thank you so much for doing it and keep doing it. And I hope that it continues to be something enjoyable for all of you guys. But thank you so much for for listening in. Um, send us an email, southofscruffy at gmail.com. Um, send in any questions, anything you'd like to hear, any guests you'd like to hear, anything like that. Um, I'd love to hear from you guys. Another way to get in touch with me is um, at South of Scruffy on Instagram. Uh, you can download this podcast, uh, the Apple Podcast app. You can download it at Stitcher, and I'm on Spotify too. So um, hit the subscribe button and keep getting these episodes every Monday until ever. Uh, I'm going to keep doing these and releasing one every Monday until every single one of you stops listening. Um, when I have one download and it's my parents, I'll probably stop doing them at that point. But until then, uh, you're going to have a hard time getting me to stop doing this because it's super enjoyable and um, I really enjoy it. So today on the show, Rebecca Ridner. Rebecca is a friend of mine. Um, we've known each other for a few years. Rebecca started a space and a place called The Hive uh, in Knoxville and the hive is a was a, a creative space. It was a building, but it was also kind of a movement. Um, Rebecca gave a lot of different creatives a lot of opportunity in Knoxville to um, to continue pushing their craft. And uh, the the hive ultimately became uh, an event space as well as a studio that um, that uh, we would use to to shoot film and, and television and still photography in. And that's how I met Rebecca. Um, She's got a new journey going on right now that you're going to hear a lot about. Um, she joined the wrong church one time, and uh, that's a that's an interesting story that you guys are going to dig. I hope. Um, so listen up; it's going to be great. Here she is. Here she comes, Rebecca Ridner. Rebecca, how's it going? Pretty good. Good. <laughs> What you been doing? Um, today or in life? Both. Both. Uh, not a lot the last couple of days since it's the day, but the time between Christmas and New Year's. Yeah. It just, you know, time stands still and... Don't know what day it is. Right, exactly. Pretty yeah. much. What you been doing in the longer term? Well, um, so since I sold the hive, which was... The most badass place ever. Yeah, exactly. Um, which was in June, I guess, with like the last six yeah, months. Six months been mm-hmm. sabbatical style? Basically, I have been. I um, just have purposely taken some time, not completely off, still doing some freelance stuff, but just taking some time to figure out what's next. Um, but End of a big season, right? I right. mean, the Hive was like... Yeah, I mean, I love the Hive. I loved, loved the Hive. And it was, it felt very much me, like... It was. As, um, and it was kind of, it was hard to walk away from because I felt like it was losing part of my identity, really. Yeah. And that, um, 
but I did feel this push to do something different and like be prepared for something different. But the thing is, I didn't know what that was or still don't fully know what that is. So but you're in the process of trying to figure that yeah, out. Yeah, right it's now. getting clear and I think I have um, a better idea, but I really felt, um, really, I felt my, my soul kind of pushing me to just be for a little while yeah. and explore and learn who I am and be intentional about that. Do a lot of traveling. I've done You've a got, lot of. Go ahead. Sorry. Just I've done a lot of trips and some yeah. weird things along the way for the last six months. Yeah. So. So you've spent the last, the better part of the last two decades pretty busy, I think. Right. With family and kids and all that kind of stuff. And so to have like some short, a little time to yourself is probably not a bad thing at all. It's been um, amazing. Like just really exactly taking time just to yeah. be selfish in some ways. Like, all right, I'm going to do whatever I want to do. And I think being selfish is okay sometimes. I, I love it. It's great. <laughs> yeah. I think so too. Um, so the hive was a big, a big part though. That was what, three or four? Four years and probably more than that in the making, right? right. Yeah, it was it was around for four years or okay. just shy of four years, and um, it didn't take me a lot of time to get it up and running. It was um, a lot of just labor of love, like working all day, all night kind of things myself, right. scraping paint and making shit happen. Yeah, <laughs> you kind of built that place from the from the ground up. Like yeah. it was a big box when you got it, right? It was a nasty, nasty box it was like you couldn't even walk in the bathroom without gagging really and the windows were all painted and it was it just i mean like there are holes in the walls that the guys had just like cut out and so i didn't have a ton of money to transform it but i just knew that it was a space that needed some life in it and put some layers of white paint and (laughs) scrape some stuff off the windows and good to go basically yeah what was your what was your uh, objective when you set out for for the hive? Like, what was your what was your idea of what the space was going to be? You know, it's really like I would drive by that building, and I would just I would like see life in there every time I would drive by. I'm like, ah, oh, there's just something that needs to go on there. I could just see people in there. I didn't even fully know what it was. I just knew I wanted that space, right. and I called about it. I had to like harass the guy to even let me to go look at it. I had a sign in the window for a while saying for lease or sale. And um, he, when I called him, he was like, you're not going to like it. It's like a mess, blah, blah, and I can't, you know, all this stuff. And I'm like, just show it to me, please. So he shows it to me, and I walk in, and I'm just like in love. I'm like, yes. And the guy, he's like, look at me like, what? this girl's crazy. She's like, what? It's like, <laughs> this, what is she thinking? And I was like, I want to I want to lease it, but I want to buy it also. Like, I really want to buy it. And so um, he agreed, and we worked it out and and yeah that was basically i just could see like it being a space and so originally it started to be a co-working space for um we had six women in there but five businesses that started oh, cool. out everybody there. had a, a shingle and, and an address and yeah and like, so everybody had cool. a, a space to like people that have been working from home or had yeah. start little startups and, and everything. Yeah, so you had, don't have to meet at the coffee shop anymore. Right. Now you've got an address, a place to exactly. bring clients and sit down. And with only five of you or six of you, however many 
you know, you can coordinate all that and say, hey, I've got a client coming in. You'll pick your shit up. <laughs> got people coming in for a meeting. Right. Yeah. That's cool. So, yeah. What, what kind of businesses were those? So we had two photographers, um, a graphic designer, uh, florist, and home organizers. And then I was in there. Marie and I was, Kondo? Kind of. Yeah. yeah. Help you dwell. So they were, um, they still, I mean, they're still around. around. All the, all, everybody's still in business. But, um, yeah. And then I was doing design and styling work. So like I had interior space. design? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. So people hire you to come to their house and tell them what to do because they don't know <laughs> what to do? Um, I guess, yeah, basically. <laughs> Just put my flair on things, yeah. a little flair. And then at some point, I guess people liked the style that you had done with the hive and, and with like, with the uh, the I guess scripts is what it was then HGTV. You had um, production companies who needed a place to film, and you kind of fit their style, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, so first we started having people. I wasn't even planning on doing events, but we first we had people start asking about renting the space for um, different events or meetings and things. And I actually knew Danielle, and she had just started working at Scripps, and she yeah. called me and asked me about they needed a space for. The handmade girls back then to to meet actually just yeah. for like a whole day, and so they met at the hive, and then that it's led their into, vibe, right? Yeah, I mean, and then that led into um, well, we should shoot scripts. here, yeah, so wanting to shoot there and getting into production. Then that actually led into me working in production because you've been on so many sets, right. just being the being around owner, and so, the location exactly. client. So, and yeah. the first job I did was like a design oriented thing. It was yeah. the dorm room, um, yeah. Our, design yeah, I remember at, that. at UT. So. Yeah, how to how to make your dorm room bougie. Over on it, <laughs> exactly. The, the stained glass window we did. Yeah. <laughs> With so, contact paper. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that kind of sprung boards you into the, springboarded you into the, uh, into the production world, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Uh, being a designer, like art department kind of person. Right. And I had done some um, styling before that for photographers, but just not... Yeah. On production, so gotcha. I had some level of knowledge about that. But. Yeah, so your style's pretty awesome. It's like super clean and like lots of bright colors and um, I don't know, plants, foliage, it all <laughs> it all like plays a part in it, right? Like, I mean, like so when we had the hive, it was cool. Oh, I'm just clap, clap yeah, that was loud. Okay. Um, We said it was modern bohemian. Yeah. And so I think I still have a little bit of that, but it's just kind of also always evolving to what. Is there a name for it? It's just me. You. It's just me. That's cool. (laughs) So then, um, like, you, I mean, I've seen you as an art director before, like on on sets, like commercial sets. Right. The whole thing is your, you know, is your world. Everything from styling to, um, you know, even even helping us choose locations a lot of times. Yeah. You know, you're involved in that because you have kind of that eye. So that's like, I don't know, kind of an interesting way for, you know, an interior designer to, you know, kind of change, um, almost change fields that they work in, but still do the same kind of thing. Yeah. Actually, I really love production over doing like residential design because one, it doesn't have to be as practical as yeah. like you don't have to think through oh these people have three kids so like this like white chair is not going to work or whatever like it just mostly needs to look pretty in a lot of yeah. in a lot of the ways and 
I love the speed of it. Like I, I like yeah. that it gets done fast and the job's done. And you move on. It's not like this overhanging thing over you constantly. Like, or you have to work with the husband that doesn't ever show up to the design meetings, but then he has shows up last and says this is all wrong. No, he just never shows up. He just yeah. like he just tells his wife like, no, no, we're not going to spend money on that yeah. after you've made you know yeah. all the decisions. Yeah. So that was fresh, always frustrating for me in some ways, but um, so I do. And it's just fun being on set. Like it's really fun working like as a group and Agreed. working towards something. And you get to the end, and it feels like you accomplished this thing yeah. together. And it kind of bonds you with everybody. Yeah. It's like you survived this like these yeah. long days and like made this thing happen. And it just feels really good to get to the part. Yeah, where- I've been on three day shoots with people that are. Um, we went through so much on those three days that we're so bonded and so tight. Those are the only three days we've ever worked together, right. but I've got a place to stay. If, right. You know, if I ever go out of town to their house or, you know, we're, we're, we're it's, you're so tied. It's a fraternity. Right. By the time. Sometimes you end up in the swimming pool in the at, middle of the night. At 4 a.m. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. At the neighboring hotel. The neighboring because <laughs> because drop, your hotel doesn't have a swimming jump in, pool. Jumping a fence. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, so where'd you grow up? Um, I grew up mostly in Florida. I was born in Tennessee, but I grew up mostly in Florida. Where and then, were you born in Tennessee? Dunlap, Tennessee. Oh, it's north where? of Chattanooga. Okay. I think north. Or, is that where the... Um, Sequatchie Valley. Okay, gotcha. And then moved to Florida when you were how old? I was eight. Yeah. You were eight. Okay, with parents? Both um, parents? My parents got divorced, and so my okay. mom moved me and my sister to Florida. And okay. Then, and then I moved back up here to go to school two thousand. One. I just guess how old I am. <laughs> <laughs> so, what part of Florida? Zever Hills. So that's outside of Tampa, small okay. town. Also, lots yeah. of older people. They make water there, or they bottle water there. Oh yeah, yeah. Hills water. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. Um, my parents owned a place in um Clearwater Beach when we were growing up. Oh, we yeah. go down there all the I time. Like Clearwater. It's pretty. Yeah, it was cool. You still go there now? Hadn't been to Tampa area in a long time but we spent man we spent summers winters all kinds of time down there when i was younger and it was cool it was like neighborhoody you know clearwater beach was mm-hmm. you ride my bike to the skate shop and you know talk to you know talk to the the the, the locals and uh, and hang out in the town without being scared to death about uh you know my parents were all right with having their 12 year old son like right around town a couple miles on his bike and which was cool. That's cool. Yeah, it is. It's a cool area. Yeah. Well, like we Zephyr Hills is kind of more central Florida, so which is confuses me now as an adult. Like, why would you move to Florida and move towards the middle when there's oceans on three sides of it? Like, yeah. didn't but, make sense. Yeah, maybe it was cheap. We did. Well, my grandparents were there. Oh, okay. And I'm sure it was cheaper than being cool on the ocean. But what were you into growing up? I mean, I did like rearrange my room all the time, and I okay. I get in trouble for my mom like moving shit around. Like yeah. after she was in bed, her room was under my mine, and um, lots of like just art and being creative and things like that. I played soccer, but okay, mostly were you, just were you social social kind of person? Or did you keep to yourself? Um, you know, I'm kind of kind of like I am now, like. I can be very social, and I can also retreat. For you're, like, you're a sleeper. Like yeah. you, you don't know how how outgoing and impersonable you are because <laughs> you kind of have this like low key vibe. That it, like I, 
like, oh, Rebecca's total, totally introverted. Like, yeah. it doesn't say a word. And then, and then, you know, we, we can hang out and chat for hours. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah, kind of like that. Like, I'll be totally fine by myself for days on end. And also could be, like, in the middle of the party doing, yeah. you know, whatever you do in the middle of a party. That's really nice to be able to play both sides like that. Yeah. Yeah. I like to be all the things all the time. So. Yeah. Be a waste <laughs> if you weren't. So, um, moved back to Tennessee after high school, I guess. Is that right? Yeah. Or- um, so, yeah. I yeah. I came back to Tennessee to join a cult, you know. But <laughs> do we want to talk about that? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I don't think anybody. You know, I've not heard of Have a lot you had of people. anybody join a cult in your podcast yet. No, I hadn't had anybody <laughs> move to Tennessee to join a cult from Florida yet. It's a good reason to, right? Yeah, Why not? It must have been a good cult. <laughs> I mean. I mean- <laughs> the recruiting efforts were solid if you're hearing about it three states away. Um, what was that? How, what? How, how, what? Jeez. <laughs> um, um, uh, okay. Um, so they did have good recruiting for college students. Um, both my sisters went there. and to actually, the cult? Yeah. I was in, um, I was going to school actually in, Tampa for my first semester of my freshman year at um, South Florida USF. Oh, yeah. And I was having fun, like, just living the party life, college life. Um, maybe a little too much, but I, so my sisters were going there. I got, you know, everybody's nice and it's fun. And um, it was like clean college fun, kind of, like, whatever that means. But um, Both your sisters went to USF? No, this is at UT. Okay. Gotcha. So so then I transferred to UT. Gotcha. And um, I think it was probably like, I mean, just honestly, I think I probably just felt like guilty about how I was living my life and wanted to be better. And so I got sucked into this space, this place. And uh, then I was under that for like a long time. I got married there. I had kids there. Did you meet somebody there? My ex-husband. At the cult? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, that's where we met. And so your sisters brought you in. <laughs> they sucked me in. You met your you met <laughs> your husband there. Yeah, I was only 20 when we got engaged. We'd only dated for six weeks. Okay. And got engaged. Um, Did that feel good? Did you feel like uh, you were like <sighs> you shedding all this stuff you were guilty about? And I don't know that it felt good. I think it just felt like different, maybe. And then I, you just kind of get sucked into it and you keep moving along. And, you know, it's like, it's, I mean, that's sad. I was I was young and I was just trying to be something I'm not. Mm-hmm. You know, I look back on it now and it's like totally not who I am at all. So I don't, but I think I was just rebelling against who I really am and trying to like probably thought who I really am is wrong. Gotcha. Which is a sad thing to, to be, yeah. place to be, to think like yeah. to reject yourself that hard to then to let someone else tell you who you are. And so I just slipped into that space of allowing someone else to tell me who I was, other people to tell me who I was. Mm-hmm. And then, and also not even just who I was, but what I wanted in life. And so I ended up there and then ended up married really young. And then I ended up with four kids by the time I was 27. Yeah. So, um, 
You know, that was quick. Yeah. Six all, weeks dating, married at 20. Yeah. All seven my seven years later, four kids. Yeah. Gotcha. All my 20s were spent like basically having babies, raising them. Mm-hmm. I mean, still obviously having the kids and raising yeah. them, but they're sweet. All of them. Yeah. I have great kids. I mean, yeah. that's, and I'm thankful for them, but I don't know that it was ever like, it was a conscious decision to be there, but at some point, it's like I just skipped into autopilot maybe and just like allowed things to almost happen to me mm-hmm. instead of um really being a conscious like creator of my life yeah and so i think i've spent the last couple of years taking that back and yeah. deciding like remembering who i am and like returning to the to that person and undoing a lot of my life yeah and um and it feels really good good so so was there like I don't know. It sounds like there was some, was that like, I don't know. It almost feels like guilt of like, man, I'm fucking up. Like I'm not doing the right stuff. I I need to be doing something better. And then you you find something that makes you feel like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I've shed that old, like, you know. It was kind of like someone said, okay, well, here's the way to be good. Here's the way to like live your life in a way, like almost like this is the recipe. And if you do these things, then your life will turn out good and you'll yeah. have this family and you'll have this space and you know i think Their i was probably hungry for like a family yeah. life that like i didn't have or whatever gotcha. so i just thought like oh like there's like this guaranteed space mm-hmm. to like have this family life that, this thing that you didn't have that i didn't have, felt like you missed. You know, missed or wanted and um and just like especially for women it was just it's a very oppressive place for women to be and the way that it's like a, your job is to serve your husband or what? I mean, what? exactly like your husband's like makes your decisions for you. Yeah. And you don't seem like someone who <laughs> lets like, people make decisions for me, especially men. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. It's, it's crazy to me that I, it that seems so much different there. than like how I know you, right. you know, it doesn't sound, it doesn't line up with, with what I know about you. And I feel like I know you a little bit anyway. Well, you know, the thing is, too, I got really sick after a while from being there. And I think my body was just, but, like, I got really Rising sick. Up against. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like, I went to all these different doctors for, like, two years, kept trying to figure stuff out. And um, and my body was just, like, giving out on me. I was, really? like, I was, like, 30. And my body was just, like, just, like, giving out. And I couldn't figure it out. But I think I was just living under such oppression and suppressing myself and like who I really am. Like my soul was just like fighting against me to not be in that space anymore. Like this is not who you are. And once we left that, that you guys all left like, together. We did. Yeah. I started ha- like kind of having these breakdowns. Like I can't do this anymore. I can't be here. Like I don't care. Just got to go. And you know, my ex-husband did like he was, came with me and he could, he couldn't see it as well. Cause it was a lot easier for men than it, was for yeah, women and he would say the same the one being oppressed yeah he would say the same thing and it's still like crazy the shit they tell men too but it's um easier a much easier place to be um I have a friend who is a black woman and she said man when i get reincarnated i'm gonna come back as a what white man in that church <laughs> she was like they got it made damn, damn <laughs> no. that is so harsh <laughs> Was it like a Christian type thing? Yes, yeah. it is. And it's just like, it's just. It is? It's still a thing? It's still a thing oh, in town. Bummer. So, I mean, I still know people that go there. I see them around town a lot. Um, yeah. Are they like, are you afraid that they're going to walk up to you and be like, help me? 
I, you know, for a while I just tried to avoid people because I'm like, it was so triggering to me to yeah. see um, that. But I'm in a space now where I'm okay with it. And, you know, people are just where they're at and they make their own They're yeah. I don't know. It's just you, when you're in it, it's really hard to see it. Like once I'm out, I'm like, holy shit. And like, it's also voluntary, right? Like people are are it's somewhat a, voluntary get in, voluntarily get involved in it. Yeah, it's voluntary, but it's um, it's it's a lot of fear based yeah. around things, and so there's just a lot of fear that if you don't follow things a certain way, or or if you try to leave or whatever. I mean. They there, say there they like, make it easy to leave, but it's just not yeah, it's easy not. to leave. It's like unsubscribing from you know, an email. <laughs> from anything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're like, are you sure you want to? But why? <laughs> That's when they send the sale, the sales team back in, <laughs> exactly. right? So well, I'm glad you made it out. It, me too. And I kind of just went out the back door one day. I was like, I'm not coming back to this place. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think I met you kind of after that, right. probably. But we have talked a little bit about that before. Yeah, we had, I had we, no idea. We had a I think I unloaded all this to you on a Christmas party at one time <laughs> or somewhere. Yeah, where, 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 where were we? Where were that loft above Clancy's? Yeah, yeah, there was yeah. like a yeah. Part, yeah. Christmas we party or something. For, for an hour. And I think I just like unloaded it all on you one day. I was I, like, I'd I'm gotten, getting divorced and I was in a cult and like all these things. You're like, oh, great. No, I think you came up and you were like, <laughs> be on my podcast. I've been taking too much Zyrtec. <laughs> <laughs> Side effects, divorce. <laughs> they don't print that. No, <laughs> they on, should. On the label. Oh, it's funny as hell. So now you're in this, like, almost this stage of being able to live your, live the life that you, you never got to. Like, you, at my 20s, I, I don't remember them, but I'm sure they were great, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, so I've been uh, intentionally undoing for the last we left the church in 2012, church cult. And then um, I kind of relapsed Christianity altogether after yeah. that. And then I left my husband, or we got divorced a couple years ago, two and a half years ago. And we were married for 15 years. So, you know, it's a big thing. Yeah. It's a lot to, un- years, a lot to undo yeah. all that. And it's really hard. And I still was in a space where I kind of felt like I had to fight my way out of the marriage. Um, he, yeah. you know, he, it was, it's tough. it was just it a to hard thing, but I just knew I couldn't be there anymore. I just knew like I was in this space where I was remembering who I was and I had a, a hat, like it was the most important thing to me. Like I have to know who I am. Yeah. And I just, and you have to realize it and, and, ha- and make it happen. Right. Because if not, then you're going to wake up and be 75 and regret the shit yeah. out of your entire life. Yeah. I got like, I felt like I really feel like my soul was just like, you have this thing in you that needs to be out and you've been suppressing it and like not acknowledging it. And we're not doing that anymore. Yeah. So like, awesome. it was like all of a sudden, like I was like awake and that's I could awesome. see these things and once I could see it, I was like, I can't unsee this. Mm-hmm. I have to have to follow this. And so really I've kind of like been on this journey of following where my soul's leading me and what what it's telling me and where I'm going. And because I do feel like it has this plan for me. And and it's been a lot of undoing, like I said. So that was the divorce and then there's like this year of just moving out and moving to a new space and um being on my own and having my kids half the time. So it was like which was like hard, but also then all of a sudden I had these whole weeks where it was just me that I had to take care of. And, and, you know, I've never even lived by myself. Right. 
And since, so uh, since you were a child, right. pretty much. Yeah, right? I never lived by myself as a child either. So. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so this is yeah. the first time I've ever lived lived by myself. And so I'd have these whole weeks where I'd just be being by myself and I'd be like, This is fucking amazing. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I did not know this is so good yeah. <laughs> to live live alone. Yeah. And you can't do that when you're married with, with kids or you're right. selfish, right? right? I mean you can't you, can't, yeah, so. and you know, and I got a lot of that when I was getting divorced that I was selfish, and you know, and I just said, at what point can I make decisions that are best for myself, yeah. and what point do I begin to make my own decisions? If it's not now, then when is it going to ever be? And so I just, I just had to do that, and I mean, it's been good. It's been so good yeah. for me, and I feel like even though that like half marriages ended divorce, there's still like a stigma around it. Like people still want to that socially. Like, and, you know, maybe it's like just being in the South, but it's still like people yeah. want to like, you need to have a really good reason why. And it can't just yeah. be like, I don't want to uh, be here anymore. Yeah. I can't be here anymore. Yeah. It's not where I'm supposed to be. Maybe I was yeah. never supposed to be here. I don't yeah. know. But that doesn't, um, that, no, that doesn't yeah. work for a lot of people. And we got married an under, you know, he's a great guy. He really is. But we got married under um, just a totally different space that we're yeah. in this cult. And where you ended up. Yeah. <laughs> and under all these different roles and the way that structure that our marriage was, I was like, I'm just not doing that anymore. And so six weeks of knowing somebody like that's, we did know each other for a okay. while. We were, had been friends, but okay. we only dated for six weeks before okay. he proposed. Yeah. Um, so were you like, I guess 20 years old, did you can, I mean, looking back on it, was it just like impressionable, bright eyed, like, you know, the first thing that went through my head when he proposed was, I'm too young to get married. Really? But there wasn't a whole lot of space to um, to say no. That's kind yeah, of yeah. like your goal yeah. as a woman was to get married and Be have kids. And so it's like this guy that's a great guy and like had this stuff to offer me is proposing to me. Yeah. So I'm so lucky. I might as well say yes. And yeah. um, so, I mean, and a lot of our marriage was good. It wasn't like the whole thing was bad or anything. I just was, right. I just didn't know who I was. And, well, you, and that's you a really hard. probably did a shit ton of growing up in between. I was you a know, child. I was 15 years. Yeah. A child. As yeah. a child when I had a baby, it was just, mm-hmm. I look back now, I'm like, I don't know how I survived that, but yeah. I did. And, and you're having a blast right now. Yeah. So. And enjoying it. What are some, what are some things that you've done that have felt like super liberating and it just felt like, I'm so glad I can do this. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's, it's the bet. Like it's just honestly making my own decisions and do whatever the hell I want to do. Yeah. Like if it's like, Oh, just jump on a plane and fly somewhere last minute and book some kind of trip. I'm, I've been traveling a ton because I didn't, I haven't yeah. traveled a lot, but so I went to Costa Rica and did a surfing trip, which was amazing. And for a week, I've and, heard Costa Rica is awesome. I loved it. I'd love to go back. Like the whole vibe there is just, I mean, I was in the peninsula like in a smaller area, so I didn't go to any of the big cities, but yeah. it was, uh, I would definitely the love best. to go back. Yeah. It was so, it was so fun um, and beautiful. And, but like everybody's just so chill and like happy and good. And like, even like the people you go in stores and they're like, Oh, just like not low pressure. Like you go to Mexico yeah. a lot of times and they're like trying to get, bye, yeah, bye, bye. Buy my wares. But they're like, yeah. take it, leave it. I don't care. I'm still going to be here <laughs> they, tomorrow. I'm going to go to the beach later. Yeah. They literally be like, just just walk around and think about it for a little while yeah. and come back if you decide to. Yeah. Like, take it home. Wear it for a couple of days. <laughs> if you like it. Like they could care less. And then, of course, that makes me want to buy more. I'm like, yeah. oh, no, I'm going to buy this. Yeah. Like you don't, you don't want me to buy it? I'm going to buy it now. 
So where else? Uh, yeah, I went to actually went to Mexico, went to Cabo with. Um, I took my kids there, which is really fun. It's first four time, of them? all four of them. First time, oh, I've, first time I've um, taken them out of the country. First time I've taken them on like a big trip um, solo, and even like I rented a car and I drove like from just from the airport to our resort yeah. or whatever. But like, I'm like, I mean, I'm in a foreign country driving by myself, rented yeah. to this rental car, exactly. have all four of my kids in the car. Like yeah. I, I felt like very proud of myself. I'm like, yeah. I've, I've, I've done this thing that I didn't know I could do. But that is so awesome. I did that it, you, so. I hate to say oppressed, but we've said that word right. already, but like to live, you know, 10, 15 years, whatever it is feeling that way. And then to not have lost that, confidence to be able yeah. to go and drive in another country yeah. because a lot of people would be scared to death, turn around, go home, you know, <laughs> um, immediately yeah. after that. But and I'm glad my kids get to see that too, that they're just see me bossing. being yeah, fearless yeah. in some ways. So, um, I, I mean, some other, like went to Colorado, went to, um, I, I went to, signed up for this thing in California that was, um, I just had saw this ad for or this, for a, I said it was a fly fishing trip. And I was like, oh, I, I want to learn how, we had talked about this. I'm like, yeah. I want to learn how to fly fish. So yeah. I signed up for this trip and it was from Darling Magazine, which is like a women's um, kind of lifestyle magazine. Yeah. And then they have really cool stuff and they're all their ads or all their um, photos are always like beautifully done and everything. So I'm like, okay, I'm expecting, like this says like, like a glamping trip, basically. I'm expecting, like, we'll show up and there'll be, like, maybe we'll stay in tents. Maybe it's, like, something kind of, like, nicer. Yeah. Like, we'll have, like, this long table of dinner. Like, it will be, you know, a bathroom. Like, it'll be glamping, basically, because yeah. it's, like, all women and right. it's, like, Darling Magazine. It's going to be nice. Well, so, and I have just no idea. Like, first of all, I fly to L.A. because that's where it says we're going to meet. And I, like... Don't know. I didn't even have any camping gear yet. I had to buy my camping gear once I got to LA, yeah. which is, it worked out. But I've done it. This sounds like Fire Festival for some reason. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> so this is better than Fire Festival, but it was not what I was <laughs> expecting. Um, and then, you know, we had to drive six hours to um, the John Muir Trail, which I was like, I had, I had just was. I think I kind of like to surprise myself. So I'm like, I did not know research Didn't beforehand. Do any research. I just signed up for it. And then I'm like, oh, it says we're meeting in LA. So I bought a ticket to LA. And then I'm like, bought, oh. bought all your camping stuff. Yeah. Where'd like, you buy it? Do you remember? Um, I went to REI, like okay. in the town. Or I bought, no, I bought, I bought it on Amazon. But I had to go to REI last minute because I couldn't find like one thing. Yeah. I bought it on Amazon. Went to Am- REI for a tent stake. Yeah. <laughs> I bought it on <laughs> REI because, or Amazon, because at the, I was at the bar, at the hotel bar. I was, and I was talking to the guy, like, how far away is REI? And he was like, oh, just buy it on Amazon now and it'll get delivered here in like an hour. Yeah. I was like, oh, I love I LA. Love big cities. <laughs> this is amazing. So I just yeah. kept drinking whiskey at the bar while the camping gear while got delivered to my hotel in yeah. downtown LA. I'm yeah. like, I feel like I'm a LA person now. <laughs> but so this trip, so we drive, so we meet all the girls. Everybody seems nice. We drive six hours to the John Muir Trail, which I didn't realize was going to be so far, such a long drive or whatever. We get there and we do like, stay in this lodge the first night well the next day we ride horses they're like okay we're gonna ride horses into our campsite and i'm thinking we're gonna ride for like a couple hours we ride seven hours i haven't ridden a horse in 20 years you rode seven hours we to rode the campsite? seven hours awesome. on a horse over twelve thousand foot like 
pass. No shit. Like up this mountain that's like this windy as mountain and like with drops straight down. That's awesome. Horses, your horse is like jumping. Like, what was your horse's name? Oh, of course you would ask me that. Oh, um, come on. <laughs> oh, geez. You guys were so tight. I know. You guys have 14 hours you rode together. Oh, it'll come to me. <laughs> okay. Um, my horse was, he was good. He was pretty chill. Like some of them were more, more characters than mine. Um, so we get like, yeah, seven hours into this pass. So backpack with like, all your gear on it. So, yeah. Or do you have Sherpas? You have- they had some mules to take yeah, them in. The, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Pack mules. So, yeah, like, we, you know, I couldn't walk when we get off. Like everybody, and, and everybody on the trip is pretty much the same way. Like one lady's wearing a cashmere scarf and diamond earrings. Yeah. Like she, you know, nobody's. She pre- was pissed. Nobody's prepared yeah. that it's going to be seven hours over yeah. this like mountain where like one step of your horse, you're falling to your sure. de- true death. Yeah. And we get in to the campsite, and then, like I said, I'm expecting it to be like the darling campsite, like these like nice like setup and like long table with like flowers and candles on it. No, it's just tents that are like still like rolled up on the ground. You know, got to <laughs> like, got to carry your own bucket of rocks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> peeing in a hole yeah. or using whatever in the hole, yeah, yeah. getting water out of the creek, like. Yeah. You know, doing setting up your tent, and I it had been um, like ninety in L.A., so I had not packed super well. I'd only had one sweatshirt. I didn't have like a nice jacket. It was twenty nine at night there, yeah. and I was freezing. I didn't have a hat, anything. And so when one of the days, um, my horse peed on my sweatshirt. So nice. then, yeah. So then that night, I ended up having to. I mean, I did wash my sweatshirt in the river but that night i had to sleep with horse blankets and heated up water bottles yeah uh, yeah throw yeah. the nalgene in the fire yeah. and uh <laughs> and throw it under your knee but we, did, we had three wranglers with us well um, it sounds like they didn't set you up for success and tell you what you needed to do this is the first time they've done this trip so it was I, the first time the wranglers had done the trip? no not the wranglers the wranglers are such badasses they didn't even they slept on the ground they're like they didn't even have tents or sleeping bags or anything mm-hmm. they're like there are all these women. They're like these beautiful women. They're in their twenties, and they sleep or sleeping on the ground. Like one, they're like, "Well, we'll sleep down here in case a bear comes by. Then I can just throw. I usually just throw plates at them or throw rocks at them." <laughs> and a bear came through one night. Yeah, and they literally just was it a black bear or a grizzly? Because no, there's grizzlies not, in that part of the world. It was a black bear. Yeah, because yeah. the, the, one of the girls was like, "Ah, oh, well, looked up and I was like, oh, I just a black bear and went back to sleep." And the yeah. other girl scared away yeah. with, with the rocks. Yeah. But they would, like, sleep there to make sure the horses didn't come up the trail. But here's the other crazy thing. So they would take, they would let the horses loose at night so that mm-hmm. they could run. So they take them down the trail a little bit. I bet bit. that scared the shit out of everybody. Oh, yeah. I but, bet. Well, the, the story doesn't end there. No way. So, there's more? So we're like, well, how do you get them back? And they're like, well, there's one mare whose name was Carol. Like, And everybody loved Carol. Like, mm-hmm. the horse was Carol. And I mean, everybody loved Carol. Everybody and all the all the horses loved Carol. So we just put a bell on Carol, and as long as Carol comes back in the morning, Carol's really smart. All the all the mares will follow, or all the stallions will, or whatever the other horses will follow Carol. And um, so we're like, oh, that's crazy. But like five thirty in the morning, the sun will start rising, and you hear this like stampede of horses yeah. like coming up. So. We're there, and then you know, like all this other stuff happens. Like one point, we're, when we're riding through, like to go fly fishing one day, like my horse gets stung by um, ground hornets, and it starts bucking and like running off trail. With you on it, yeah, like happens oh, like shit. three people, and so it's like <gasps> this crazy, like you know, that's like, terrible. I know how I've ever run a horse. 
twice in 20 years. Can you imagine how big an EpiPen for a horse would have to be? <laughs> you know, I mean, you don't know why it's happening either. And then the, the Wrangler's like, oh, it's just ground hornets. They're okay. But, um, so, you know, it's just like, just, but the thing is, you're in the middle of nowhere. So, like, you can't leave. Right. Like, and I kept having this fear actually before I went. Like, I'm going to get in the middle of this place, and I'm not going to like these people, and I'm going to be stuck. Like, anywhere else I'm, I'm at, and, you know, can you take an Uber or hop on a plane or whatever? But like, Easily You're escape. in the middle of nowhere, a seven-hour course ride out, and I can't just do that by myself. Like, yeah. <laughs> like hey, guys, I don't think I like this. So did you did you like the people? I actually did like the people. So it was, was it all kind of um, solo ladies or, or um, some, was there some an, people knew each other? There were actually okay. a couple mother daughter groups oh, there. Cool. And, um, but it wasn't like, um, some were solo. It wasn't it was friend kind of groups of like six people coming, right? No, there were some pairs, but, and, but most of it was, and then there were some solo people. Most of them knew somebody in the group. But, gotcha. but so the horses, so the last night that we were there, the next morning we wake up and we're planning on leaving pretty early. And one girl's getting like altitude sickness. And we wake up and we're like, where are the horses at? Well, they Where's Carol? Oh, yeah. No, they switched Carol out for a different mare. And they're like, oh, yeah, well, they don't, the horses don't really like this mare, but they, they need Carol down at this other camp. So we're going to give you this mare. And we're like, that feels like a bad idea. Well, so during the night. The so horse, there were a number of camps up there? So this group does like takes trails out to diff, different people. And so I couldn't see anybody. We couldn't see any other camps. Right. But like, you know, it might be like a couple miles down the road or something. There was an, someone else, another group camping. And some people do the whole trail. Like yeah. they'll go through it's probably like, a big loop like a whole or a month. series of loops and some people do like a whole month really? like thing out there, but so these wranglers would like kind of go back and forth. I mean, different times, but so the horses were gone or half the horses were gone. The next morning we we woke up and it took about five hours before they finally rounded up enough, enough horses to get us out of there. But horses we were, you didn't know. But we were, literally were stuck in the middle, yeah. middle of there for a while, which we had Maybe to, that's part had of the been experience. my fear. <laughs> so it was, it was like one of those things, like if I had known what it was, I probably wouldn't have signed up for it. Yeah. But it that's actually, about 90% of my life. Yeah. But it actually was like this really like fun adventure and trip and it makes for a good story. I Hell mean, yeah. it was like probably, it was a lot more fun that way to, John Muir Woods. What do you know? What part of California that's in? I don't remember. It's the middle of the state, I think. Somewhere. It's, uh, no, I don't. Six hours from yeah. LA. Okay. <laughs> Santa Monica. <laughs> Not that direction. <laughs> like the Sierra Mountains. Yeah. yeah. Um, when I lived we went, out there, we went through so, Joshua Tree on the way oh, out there. Yeah, cool. So there's a bunch of snow out there right now. Yeah. It's getting beat I, up, man. Yeah. That's good stuff. We got to get some of that <laughs> here. Cute. Yeah. <laughs> Um, been anywhere else cool? Uh, I went and saw a shaman in New York City. How was that? It was fun. <laughs> yeah, what kind of shaman? Uh, I was, I call him a shaman to the stars because he's kind of like <laughs> he's kind he's like Gwyneth Paltrow's shaman <laughs> and some other famous people. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. I know, I'm serious. So I went to, to New York. I heard him on a podcast and I was like, oh, I'm kind of interested in this guy. So I signed up for a session with him because this is kind of how I've lived my life recently. Like just end up random places because yes. something sounds something sounds intriguing by it. So yeah. I'm like, oh, I think I need to see this guy. So I signed up for a session and he ends up being in New York and I think he travels different places. He lives in LA, I think. 
But they were like, you can do it on Skype or you can come in in person. And I was like, I just feel like I need to see this guy in person. So I fly to New York and um, <laughs> it's really funny. His hotel, he's like, I have, gives me his hotel address. So I'm sitting in his hotel lobby, which the there's no sofas or chairs in the hotel lobby. There's just rocks. Like so I'm sitting <laughs> in, this, in this like fancy house hotel yeah. lobby. The guy, yeah. like one of the guys come over, brings me like a water. And I'm like, I'm sitting on these rocks, drinking a, you know, like a nice spring water, waiting for my shaman <laughs> to call me up to his hotel room. Oh no. And so, <laughs> and the thing is like, I just, I'm like, this makes me so happy because I just like things to be interesting and yeah. fun. So, did you learn anything from him? He, it was, I, I really liked him. He's, he's got, his name is Shaman Durek. You can look him up if you yeah. want. Um, and he, I mean, he's, he was really fascinating to be around. He's really calm, but had this very commanding energy. He told me a lot of things about me and myself. He like called in my ancestors. Like one point he's like talking to my grandmother about stuff. He told me like these different things and like, um, activate the stuff in me. Yeah. So he, he pressed the buttons. He pressed the buttons. Yeah. <laughs> so I left and I was like, I felt really like energized and yeah. charged. And I did make some like life decisions based off, based off but, some of the things really? he said. Dude, it's amazing. I think about it all the time, like small little decisions that I've made in my lifetime that have well, totally, from shamans. Yeah. From, <laughs> only from shaman. <laughs> no, but little ones that are, that happen for, you know, Less significant reasons than you know somebody right. told me to do it, yeah. you know, and and they just like send your life in a totally. Well, the thing op- is too, like direction. I'm very, I'm I'm very careful now about doing something because someone else tells me to do like something. Discernment. Also, and also very careful about like not having like somebody I follow. Like right. I went and saw him one time, yeah, yeah. and that I bet, was it. I bet you're, I bet you're I don't pretty, like, pretty skeptical now. Yeah, of, but of but then when something resonates with me, I can feel it. And yeah. so like there were some things he t- said that I was like. That made me aware. Yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, this is the thing I've been feeling and understanding. But I, now you've put language on it to make me aware of sure. of something. Yeah, and I know what you mean. So, um, so, so, uh, words that are resonant, like things that just—it's like someone else can see it and they say yeah. it, and then they you're can like, articulate it, and, and you're like, oh yeah, that's yeah. Thing. No, I know exactly so, what you're talking about. I went to a photography workshop also in New York, um, a different trip. Been spending some time in New York. I've been to New York three times in like the there? last couple months. Well, I have a friend that has a place cool. up there, so it works out well for me. Yeah, that's I, I do too. I've got yeah. a buddy that lives um, in Manhattan, um, 29th uh, Street in between 2nd and 3rd Avenue, and it's awesome. Yeah, it's perfect because I can I can fly in Flights on are like the cheap. And yeah, and direct and, too. Yeah. I can be in New York City at nine thirty in the morning and be yeah. at his place by ten. And then be able to stay all weekend and leave on Sunday night, yeah. And be able to spend like a decent weekend up there without blowing fifteen hundred bucks on hotel rooms. Yeah, it's, there's something cool. about like the energy in New York. Like I, I don't love Times Square or any of that like Midtown stuff. I mean, it's fine, but like, but West the Village, like you know that kind of stuff. Like there's something that, that just yeah. feel like gives. There's like this creative vibe that's yeah. happening, and everybody's doing something, creating things. There's yeah. all these little shops of interesting stuff. And it doesn't feel. I'm sure the people that live there would say, if have lived there for a long time, would say it may feel commercialized. But like, it feels genuine. There's so a lot many like mom and pop are, stores sure, and like things that are happening. that are that have been there for a long time. Mm-hmm. It's so neighborhoody. You, New York doesn't put up with a lot of bullshit. Like right. you, you can't really sneak one by a lot. They've seen it. Right. You know. And I, I love that you can be with people be, be alone 
Like one time I was yeah. there and I walked 13 miles just around the city. I think I probably walked in circles, but but just I was just I was a trip by myself. But I was it. just with people at the same time, just watching everybody, just experiencing the yeah. city was beautiful. And so I definitely have this love for New York. That, it's my favorite city. Yeah. I, my, I had my bachelor party there. Oh really? Yeah. It was really fun. I've I've had so many good stories and like people that you meet, like I just yeah. like just people are just something happens, you meet somebody, you end up in their Brooklyn loft like yeah. late at night. And you're you like, know. you know, and then something else and just You're like, like I've never even been to this part of Connecticut. <laughs> <laughs> Where are we burying the body? <laughs> so and yeah, but so I went on a went to a photography workshop there, which I am not a photographer, so that was um that was it was great it's with Yan Palmer and I just love Yan I don't know if you're familiar with her uh-huh. but she is this like fairy I feel like she just like she I actually like has she actually has a very similar story to me she um was in a Mormon church and she that's I kept thinking about like about Mormons when yeah. I heard you talking about yeah. your well, I wasn't in a Mormon church but she I was know, but it sounds like right. the same trip a little bit yeah and so she was in the space she got divorced she's kind of she has three kids like really young she, so she she has a lot of similar stories to me, but that she's spent the last few years, you know, returning to herself. Yeah. And she's this really great photographer that takes these images that feel, make you feel things. Yeah. But so when That's she, the point for yeah. all of them. And so few people can do it. Yeah. And so she um, had her photography workshop like came up on my Instagram one day and like something in me just like jumped. And I was like, I gotta go to that. <laughs> so I actually sent her a message. To her. I'm like, I'm not a photographer. But I feel like I'm supposed to be here, yeah. and she's like, "You definitely are," and so that's what I love about Yan too. And then, when, so even when we um, before we met, she called me and she's like, "I know why you're supposed to be here," and I'm like, well, "Tell me, like, why? Like, what? What is it?" It's like the day before the workshop. She's like, "Cause you're supposed to do what I do," and I'm like, "What, what do you mean?" Like, I'm, I'm like, <laughs> take I'm like, pictures and make I'm people like, feel things. I'm like, I'm not a photographer. <laughs> she's like, she's like, but she's like, you're a soul doula. I'm like, I like it. I know. And I'm I like, oh, it's so it. interesting. Cause like, so this f- workshop was like very little photography, honestly. Yeah. Like, it was a space of helping people remember who is they are. Everybody in New York a shaman is my question. Even <laughs> the photographers are shaman. Basically, too. she actually lives in Utah, but she just did a <laughs> workshop in, in there. So I only like go to New York to see my energy uh, healers, yeah. apparently. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, New York City's known for that, right? It's got lots of direct flights. <laughs> Any excuse I can get to run there. I mean, Gwyneth Paltrow's shaman. I know <laughs> lives there. Sin <laughs> Goop and all the all those things, and he actually he's actually dating the princess of Norway. Fun you fact: me. No, <laughs> this guy knows what's up. Yeah, I'd he, listen to him too. Yeah. He also he was a um, dancer on MTV back in the day. Really? So he's he, you know he's lived a lot of lives. The showbiz life, <laughs> <Yeah>. still killing it. <laughs> I love it. So, anything upcoming fun that you're looking forward to? Um, yes. There's like got to be. I did. I have I a mean, lot of things on the horizon, but I'm like, I'm kind of in this place where I'm like, okay, what, things can I, what things can I talk about? I feel like 2020 is going to be, honestly, this amazing year for me. I have intentionally kind of hit this pause button on work and like what I'm doing and just dove into who I am mm-hmm. and figuring stuff out and the work that's having experiences just as as and just having this space, you know, and it was really hard for me to allow myself to just be because I am the type of person who always has business ideas and different things yeah. and like, things are started. So 
I would be like, okay, I'm going to allow myself this space for to the end of the summer, just to just be, just be like, which is not really just being, cause I'm like, okay, okay. And then what, and then what, what's after that? What's after that? And you know, my soul was kind of like, no, like just be. And I'm like, okay, but, 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 but then what, then what are we going to do? I know you have a plan for us. Like what, what, what are we going to do? And it's like, just be, just be. So it took me a while to kind of settle into that space of like, all right, just chill, just trust that like things are going to work out. Just be. And then, you know, finally settled into that. And um, just recently, I've felt this like shift now of like things. What like kind of shift? Moving, um, just business ideas are like coming to me that I get really excited about and things I want to start and yeah. um, different ideas and even people like popping into my life to offer, to offer opportunities. And yeah. it just feels like things are about to honestly explode. So I feel yeah. like 2020 is going to be this year that like things are just going to be, yeah, it's going to be good. good. Yeah. It, um, I've been sick of the whole, uh, uh, 2020, um, uh, cliches since like 2018. Yeah. Like hindsight. Yeah. Oh, vision. Or, <laughs> the vision, the vision funds yeah. have been killing me. Can't take it. But there has been just like really like recently it's just all of a sudden I'm like, I woke up one day and I was like, oh, okay, let's do this shit. Yeah, I'm ready. That's great. And and the thing is, I couldn't make myself be there before. It really was just like I was in the space of like this Run pause. it out a little bit? Or, I think oh, it was no. just like this intentional like pause. Like, yeah. hey, that's not what we're doing right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're doing this. And, and then you kind of press go and, and everything yeah, just kind of started. And something started. else shifted. And so, you know, I, like I said, a fellow has to just like start naming things. But um Sounds like there's a lot that you feel pretty good about. Yeah, you know, I have a lot of desires, a lot of things I'm excited about. And um, I feel like at least a few of those are probably going to work out, right? It's the shotgun method, right? You just fire a big old shotgun and, you know, (laughs) three of the 100. Some of them land. Yeah, some of them land. So it feels good. I feel invincible almost right now, which sounds really funny. That's a great feeling. Yeah, I just feel like, man. Whatever I do is going to be good and it's going to be successful. So awesome. Like maybe this is the whiskey talking at this so point. How much, <laughs> well, how much different does it feel than where you were 10 years ago? You know what I mean? Oh, gosh. How, right. uh, like, it sounds very yeah. different than what you talked about earlier. Yeah. You know, I feel I'm really happy. Like, just in my life, I'm, I'm happy. And I just, I really do love my life now. And I love um, myself, really, mm-hmm. which is like a good thing. Like I know, it was but like the like hardest a Pinterest-y thing to, to say, learn. it's the but hardest it is. thing to learn. And also, it changes. Like knowing your self worth changes your whole life. Self worth really is a does. really big deal. Self worth like, and codependency, like they're almost opposites to me. Right. Like knowing who you are and feeling good about who you are yeah. and being okay with who you are means that you don't have to rely on somebody else to give exactly. to give, to you, give that. you that. You can show up in the world anywhere and yeah. be fine and be you know and not need. Some, somebody in a relationship or that's in, the person who has the most power in a relationship right. is the, <laughs> the one that doesn't need that them. doesn't need anything <laughs> I know but it feels good too. Yeah. but so you know I like I think our all of our souls have these desires that they want to be played out that they they want and sometimes we're afraid to really admit them out loud or even like say them because we think either like who am I to really dream that big or like what experience do I have or or like I'm afraid that that won't happen. And so we were afraid to like really put them out there in the world or say them. You know, even say them to ourselves a lot right. of times. But 
the only because they feel that, stupid or they feel yeah. like you have no business thinking that way right. or having those kinds of ambitions. Right. And so they never happen. Right. But the only thing that's keeping us from those desires is knowing that we're worthy of them. But, sure. Because if they're like our soul's desires, then we're automatically worthy of them. Yeah. And so absolutely. it's just like the space of like understanding and accepting that we're worthy of those things. And then like writing them out or whatever. You don't have to say them to anybody else, but like putting them out there and then. But recognizing them and and then also the energy that you put toward right. them. Even if it's placebo effect right. of just like, you know, I want this. And so I'm, I'm yeah. going to stick with it and believe that it can just, happen and yeah. will something to happen. Yeah. And it's weird, like things like, so just people pop in to your life, things happen, things start flowing. So I feel, I think I feel very in control of my life for the first time in a long time. That's a so, really good feeling. It feels when you feel, good. especially when you haven't felt it in a long time. Mm-hmm. Like been, I mean, I gave away the control for a long time in my life. You what? Life. I gave control away to yeah. somebody else for a, a yeah. big chunk of my life. Yeah. So now to now have, you have that it back, it feels myself. good. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. Dude, I'm so. I'm so pumped. Yeah. So yeah. we'll have to like redo this in a year and see what happens. Part in, two. In this year. Yeah. I think all, a lot of things. I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I wanted to ask you about. I asked you about everything that I looked that I wrote down before yeah. we started. I've said so. a lot of things. <laughs> it's all been good. I'm good. Thanks a lot yeah. for doing it. Thank I appreciate you. it. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah. <laughs> Are you with us? So glad she came by, man. Rebecca's such a sweet person. Such a kind, strong individual, man. Just killing it. Love talking to her. Um, love seeing her perspective, man. She's got a different window than I do. And it's really cool to look at it through somebody else's window every now and then. And I'm so grateful that she stopped by. And I'm grateful that you guys are listening. And I appreciate it. Keep doing it. Um, look us up on uh, the Apple Podcast app, South of Scruffy. South of Scruffy Podcast is on uh, Stitcher as well. Spotify, go get it. Wherever you get your podcast, just hit that subscribe button and then it'll come up. It'll notify you and it'll say, hey, new one came out. And you can say, okay, I'll listen. And uh, we're there. Talk to you soon. Thanks, y'all.